This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. No, that's not a good one. Okay. That's not a good one at all. Go back to the gifts. I'm putting it out. Not with that gif. It's great. It's Brian Gosling. It's the Goss. Yeah, but that has nothing to do with, with Blade Runner. Wait, that doesn't even feel Ryan. right. It looks like he's like upset. Oh, it doesn't look like he's happy. He's it was judging. a good movie. Right? He's judging you. I'm going to type Brian Gosling notebook. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See he's happy happens. in the notebook. Is he? There it is. The there Let's it is. Go. They're making yeah. out. yeah, yeah. They're going to get that, that feels right. What's up, guys? It. Welcome to the Kind of Funny Morning Show. I'm Tim Geddes. This is Nick Scarpino. Today is October 6th, 2017, a.k.a. the day after we saw Blade Runner 2049, and it is a good day. It was a different world yesterday, and now it's a brave new world. And I'll tell you one thing right now. I enjoyed the hell out of myself last night. What a damn movie that yeah, was, Nick. Yeah, we're gonna do, we're gonna talk about this movie. Uh, you want to talk about it right now? Well, we're coming off, or you want to do the? I, I'm gonna do the rigmarole. I'm gonna do the whole spiel. But uh, this episode, there will be. Uh, we're not gonna do a kind of funny reacts for Blade Runner. The review will be in this episode. We'll yeah, be spoiler we'll be free for it. first. We're gonna bring in candy. Then we're bring in JoJo. Then we'll be spoiler filled. Did I fuck it up? What did I do? <laughs> and he just walks in. Hey, Nick. Check your tweet. It goes, did you fuck it up? Andy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, God what, damn it. What's going on with the... Don't ruin anything, Nick and Slush or Tim says, Wing fan. We, we're, we're gonna. We're definitely going yeah, to. But there will be the spoilers that. bro thing during that point. Otherwise, it'll be spoiler free. Don't worry. We, we're not trying to ruin people's uh, times here. Let's see. Uh, now I gotta find that Ryan Gosling notebook again. I don't think that's gonna be too hard. Just type in Ryan Gosling notebook. There we go. It's back. Where is it? Where oh, wait, is it? it's not no, back. I didn't get it. Maybe I, how did I spell Gosling the first time? God, you're you're a mess. Hold on. You're, how are you, how are you doing? Just host the though? show. Just host the show. Here we go. You doing good? I'm doing great. Good. Uh, there it is. That's that even movie better changed one. me. That's an even better. Oh, that, one. that is That's even, even better. better. That is even better. Let's get it out there. Um, Let's get the housekeeping out of the way. Uh, Cooking with Greggy episode three is now available on YouTube. You can get episode four on Patreon for just the dollar right. level or above. And uh, if you want the Team Fat Apron, this beautiful thing adorning Greg's body in this beautiful kitchen that is definitely his house. Um, Do you see this video? That's amazing. I love how he tries to walk toward yeah, it, the door. It's pretty great. It's when, it's pretty in low, when it's in low quality, I'm like, where? here's what happened. Is how stupid I am. I saw this for the first time online, and I was like, why the fuck didn't we film in that kitchen? Then I saw the desk, and I was like, you got me, green screen. You, you got, got me. me. Fool me once, shame on me. Got. Also, I don't mind Greg with a little stubble now, but don't I tell do. him I said that. I do. Don't tell him I said that, because The little stubble gross. I don't like. If he it's made it gross. through the beard, I'd be fine with that. Right. But, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, you can get the Team Fat Apron if you would like. It's at the, the fan mail tier mm -hmm. on Patreon.com, so it's kind of funny. Mm -hmm. And once again, uh, the episode 200 of Game Over Greg's show is available on podcast services today. Now it's free for everybody. So you should check that out. The YouTube videos on YouTube.com slash kind of funny. The podcast is available on the Game Over Greg's show podcast feed um, or SoundCloud.com slash kind of funny. 
that's a really good time. Now, and Tim, then, I've added another store, another uh, piece of small housekeeping news that I think everyone just needs to watch out for. It's not something that people have to worry about so much. It's that cool guy. Can you bring up my Twitter, please? I've copied that link in there. Let's bring that up real quick for the audience to see. Uh, if you look at my followers. It's almost looking nice. So close. Yeah. So close. Okay, yeah. you know what I'm talking yeah, about, guys? Yeah. So let's I don't want to make... make a big deal out of this because I know whatever, but uh, <laughs> I am. A... What do you know? What do you know, I Nick? know people are like, Nick, you, all, you, you lament on the sexual too much. You're a 48-year-old man. Uh-huh. You got kids. People look up to you. Stop making everything a dick joke. Mm. Okay, I mm. get that. So I'm going to purposely try to be better. Having said that, if you guys don't follow me, could you help me get to 69? That would be amazing. Frank Underwood. Let's make that shit happen. Um, so Nick, let's just get right into it right now. So we're gonna do spoiler free for a few minutes. This is our review of Blade Runner 2049. It will be spoiler free until we say there are spoilers. Uh, and it'll be as spoiler cool, free as any review normally. Is. Yeah, we're not gonna. I'm not gonna go into no like, the intricacies of the ending and things stuff. like that. But we will. We're gonna talk very, very in, in broad terms for the first few minutes. And then when the spoiler thing comes up, we will be getting into a few details. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, which probably a lot of you haven't, um, maybe mute that part. Wait for the spoiler banner to go off, and we'll come back to some awesome and terrifying news. Andy, do you want to get in here? All right, we can start it off. Top level. What did you think of this film? I thought it was an amazing accomplishment yeah. in film, specifically as a sequel, specifically as what is, for all intents and purposes, part of the reboot generation right. of, of films, where we're going to do a, a, a sequel to a movie, a cult movie, that came out, a cult classic movie, that came out decades ago. Right. And they nailed it. I think... I agree. I, I, I thought, I, I was sitting through this movie and it's long. It's three hours long. It is. Uh, it does not feel like three hours. Nope. It is a, a, a typical Denis Villeneuve uh, joint where it's like slow tension all the way up until pretty much you would leave. Like at one point, I, I actually, uh, I, I didn't realize my body positioning because you know, we were in those like reclining chairs and my foot was, I was like so tense, I was jamming my foot into it. And when I went to straighten it out, I was like, oh shit. Because I had been in that spot for like an hour. Yeah. I hadn't moved for an hour and a half. Um, visually. Stunning. On a different level. On a different level. On so many levels. The editing, amazing. Okay, the acting, amazing. The dialogue. I mean, like everything to me was just a mastercraft in filmmaking. You will not find a better, like, dis like sound design. Oh, the sound design. And just... Dude, yeah, and watch this movie in the best theater around you. We yeah. saw it at the in the XD. That fucking sound oh, yeah. rumbled you, and yeah. it's a testament to the sound design of man. It really got you in that motherfucker. It really did. Um, I loved so much about this movie. The the thing is, I, I've seen a lot of people online asking, "Do I need to watch the original in order to enjoy this?" And unfortunately, my answer is one hundred percent. You need to watch the original. Like, do not go see Blade Runner twenty forty nine without having watched Blade Runner. You will do yourself a huge disservice. My thing is, I think that this is an amazing movie, even if you haven't seen it, because I think it does a good job of telling you everything you need to know. However, this movie's quality is so high that, yeah, you are doing yourself a disservice yeah. to not get all the extra love, because there's so much. You need this to, movie works so much yeah. better as a sequel than a standalone 100%. movie. And I don't even think of it as a sequel. I think of it as a fun like really cool continuation of the story. And I think that's how they looked at it too. There's so many very, 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 very subtle nods 
to the original in this. But they didn't go all the way with them, right? Like the soundtrack, very reminiscent of the original, but you never hear until like there's there are some parts. moments of yeah. it, but it's not like the Blade Runner theme, right? Yeah. It's not that. But it's very much like, hey, this is the same world, scene. but this is 40 years in the future, yep. right? The art, the art design for it is no longer deco, right? It's a little bit more modernized. It's a little bit more like it would be 40 years in the future, right? 30 years. Um, right? 30 years, excuse me. Yeah. Not 2019 to 20. Yeah, exactly. 2049. Um, so you see it feels like an updated world. But I also love that, like, I think one of the subtle things for me is when you see the wide sweeping, like when you think Blade Runner, you think that first shot of this city that's super dystopian and like Fire. the flames coming up and you see the Tyrell Corporation buildings there. This one was a lot more subtle than that. When you see the landscape, even those, even the opening shots of this one, it's almost sadder. That it's almost like more lifeless mm -hmm. in a way, even Foggier. though it's bigger and it's grander. The other one had a lot of smoke. Yeah. This one had a lot of fog. Yeah, this one was like fog and weird weather effects that were happening in California. It was crazy, and like you still get those sweeping shots of we're going through the city, and you get like, and I love the subtle touches to like some of the old logos were still there. Like I don't know if you caught the Pan Am logo. Oh yeah, Pan yeah, Am yeah, not, yeah. not a brand anymore, Absolutely but they, they kept it in there. The Coke the one's still amazing there. Amazing Atari logo, and Atari was featured in the first one a little bit so here and there. Of course, Which Sony love putting their name everywhere. everywhere. Sony, I love it. Every cool. Piece of tech. That's yeah. just a little Sony on it. Yeah. Uh, the Frank Sinatra thing had some. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> that was really cool. Um, but again, but I think they, the, the filmmakers purposely said, look, we get that people are going to be expecting these grand sweeping shots. Let's not make that the focus. Let's and I not think. Even make it the first shot. Oh, it's yeah, like can you imagine shot? it'd be like no. that the first of. No, man. No, it's not. And they did something totally different, which I thought was really important yeah. to make this different. This movie is not. Star Wars The Force Awakens. No, this is, is for all the, the, the people that didn't like Star Wars Force Awakens for being Star Wars uh, New Hope again. This is not this that. This is not that movie. And it's like, I love Force Awakens. Fucking love that movie. But this is that thing that everyone else wanted. And I love this as well. The way I break it down is I think the first movie, which I hold in very high regard, I watched again this week and I hadn't seen it in a very long time and I was struck by how amazing that world was and, and just the raw themes they played with and the feeling of it. But plot-wise, there's not much there. Yeah. And I don't, I don't mean that as, as a bad thing. I just mean that like plot-wise, it really is a very straightforward story of, this, of, of a person hunting down four other people and that's it. The widespread implications of what that means is really where the heart of the first story takes you. But you could sum up the plot in like two sentences, right? Guy gets hired to go kill four people. That's pretty much it. Yeah. There's not much more that goes there. You did there, it on right? the Instagram story. I did. It? I nailed it on the Instagram. <laughs> Story. 15 Instagram stories later. Yeah. It's I, think it was like, mess. I think it was like 30. Yeah, it's probably fine. Uh, it's, yeah. Um, this is, I think they realized that, and I think they said, we got to take this a step further. It's not about the world anymore. The yeah. world is a character. You're nailing The world man. is a character for sure. This is now about the character dynamics. Let's really get into that, and let's go deep, deep, deep sci-fi. 100%, and that's why this might be controversial, but I stand by it. I think this is a better movie than the first Blade Runner. Because Blade Runner, the one thing that it even beat this movie in is the world. Yeah. Like, the, it is the practicality, it is the, the way everything is lit, and it is all that, but that's what's better about that movie. Where, yeah, it's just lit. Uh, but this <laughs> yeah. movie, I think this is just from, from stem to stern, a this is a better story. Quality movie. I don't know, but even when you add the the sound design and the cinematography oh, I mean, and the, it's, the subtleties and the themes, I and could all go that back and forth in my brain like I did acting, all last man. night, all last night comparing the two and trying to figure out which one's better. And I'm just nothing matters. I don't think. I think that the, the fact of the matter is, you like I said before, starting this off, watch the first one, then watch the second one, and you'll see how beautifully they complement each other. And I think that's the important thing. Um, so, Joy, Joy, what'd you think? Oh, I'm just coming to listen. Oh. I, I didn't have anything that I needed. Oh. Uh -huh. What would you think of the movie? It. Yeah. She really liked it. Cool Greg really liked it, and he didn't even see the first one. 
And Cool Greg really, like, I, that's kind of an impressive feat. Yeah. That Cool, cool Greg would like this it. movie. Well, I feel like because I gave him such a really spot on uh, <laughs> synopsis of you the sure first did, film, yeah. he really got. He painted a picture. He understood really well. the nuances of the relationship between Deckard uh-huh. and Rachel. And Rachel, yeah. You know? Um, Are we not going to go into spoilers, bro? No. Now we're getting. Uh, is there anything else we need to I, say? Again, see. The f- in my opinion, watch the first one before you go see this. Watch all the shorts if you can, um, and then go see this in the best theater humanly possible. Yes, absolutely. Jerdy says he worked on the visual effects. Works for a company called Double Negative. Oh, oh shit! That's well, awesome. Congrats! If, you fucking you guys you did it. Fucking awesome. It. What? What? Let us know in the chat which effects, you, which shots you guys worked on, because I'd be interested to hear. I mean, everything was. Pretty freaking amazing. Yeah, there are only a couple things that stood out to me, and I was like, "Oh, wish you hadn't done that." But yeah, it's the same effect that every time we get to that particular effect, I'm like, "I hate this so much." Wait, really? I hate okay, it we'll so we'll get into spoilers mode because I disagree with you. I think this is one of the few times I'm like, "They made it work." It made sense. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's get. Right. We're, we're now getting into spoiler mode. Cool, Greg. It's up. Oh, it's already up. Uh, let's start right there. Rachel looked incredible. I thought she looked great. I thought that was the best use of making somebody that is no longer young look it definitely, young again. It definitely worked for the plot, and I love the payoff where he's like, her eyes were green. Yep. Where oh, like they, so good. they almost got her, right? Mm. And I think that worked so beautifully for the actual effect itself. I just, having just watched the first one and having just stared into Sean Young's eye, like, like 23-year-old eyes and like seeing her in that time capsule, Seeing it in this was off-putting to me. I was like, "Oh, this is a little weird." Plus, my brain just goes, "It's not real." It's not, I mean, I it's, think it's that fake. I think that's but in that your kind of works. I think for it's because you're looking for. It does work because they're not because real they're people. not real. Yeah, but it's like because I was looking at it, I was just like, "Man," because like, I knew it was coming. Like you see it from behind, you're like, "All right, they're gonna have the you reveal shot." Yeah, and it was so great compared to Peter Cushing and uh, and the Leia reveal, like Tarkin and Leia. I thought this was so better. much better. Oh, no, the effect was done well. And if I hadn't, if I wasn't familiar with the first one, I'd be like, okay, cool, this works. But like, literally, less than twenty four hours prior, I had, I had just finished watching that movie, and I'm like, oh, it's just there's just always going to be a digital fakeness to it yeah. that you can't get. And even like, and that's one of the things like, you smell that? It smells yeah. like it's burning. Yeah, it's it's like, probably a car outside. Yeah, I'm gonna hope it's a car outside. Yeah, hopefully it's a car it's not thing. A tech. It's a car thing. Okay. Cool. Um, so that was that was one of my only gripes with the visuals of it. Other than that, you really can't. I mean, there's no fucking way this doesn't win an Academy Award. I mean, on dude, multiple okay. levels. The, yeah, every so every film's a painting, somewhere. right? Every, every frame's a painting. Every right. single one. It was just it's beautifully realized. I feel like Blade Runner one, Blade Runner one, did such a good job with the colors blue and orange. And kind of having that that contrast, and this movie continued that, and I feel like it added even more to the palette. Like, there's a lot more whites in this. I went, oh, sorry, go no, ahead. I was going to say, the one thing that I will say about the cinematography difference is it's fascinating to watch Deacon style versus Cronenworth uh, style. The noir style, that really hard light is gone in this. This one's more about, like, it's just, it's way cleaner in mm-hmm. a sense. It's way softer in a Modern. sense, except for when it needed to be hard, yep. which is crazy. So the, the sequences, all the sequences where um, uh, with Jared Leto's, like, the, the chamber, yeah, like that was very reminiscent of the lighting in the original Blade Runner, yep. where the lighting was always shifting. There's always something trying to intrude in on the scene. Well, and it's cool. They I went. thought they they did something really wise with uh, his little chamber, always having the water mm-hmm. reflections go, because it, it made everything feel uneasy, and it was very reminiscent of the original movie, where there was always light coming in in yeah. weird ways and refracting off of weird things. And water is like the perfect way to do that, because like he is way more flowy with how things are going and, and shit. And, and I, man, I love this is great. And maybe I'm reading way. 
way too much into the lighting, right? Because I do this sometimes where I'm like, oh, I'm going to find threads where there may be not threads. But I loved in the first one how everything was always trying to intrude into Deckard's world, right? If you go, he walks into his apartment, and there's always a blinding light coming from this way, right? And there's lights where he goes places, lights turn on and they turn off, and he doesn't have control over that, right? You look at the lighting in this, and it's a lot more flat. Right, where every time Ryan Gosling's anywhere, with the exception of like when his world gets turned upside down and the fucking neon lights oh, hit yeah. him, right? His world is just this dull gray. And that's so amazing, that so backs up his character in this, where he starts and he's just a blank slate of, I know what I am, I may or may not like it, but that doesn't come into play. This is who I am. And the world is just this gray fucking world. And then we get this amazing cue when we go into Deckard's world where it's fucking red, right? It's that it's that crazy human-colored skin tone yeah. desert when he goes to Vegas. And then we meet oh, Deckard, and, Vegas and everything is... Fucked up, and, you man. Know, and Vegas, so cool. and we have the deco style of Deckard's world, and it's there, and that's when everything gets really crazy colorful. It's just, I want to go back and watch it just for the color cues, just to see how they lit yeah. and use those colors to back up the, the characters. Because every character had that, like... Like, uh, every time we were in his world, the police world, it was, like, dull gray, mm-hmm. right? And then, like, we were in the world of the, the the fantasy world that he had with the girl, and that had more color. She had more colors yeah, in her yeah, outfits, yeah. and she was changing outfits and shimmering. It was very, very fucking subtle and well Dude, speaking of her, she, she was my favorite thing about the movie. Every scene with the... the, the yeah, 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 and the, so the AI and him interacting, leading all the way up to the sex scene. Right. One of my favorite sex scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Period. That was really cool. I loved it because the entire time I felt uneasy. The in, the, it went on so long, yeah. not too long. It went on so long, and every single second of it, I was like, I was in it. But that's the thing. It, it, it reminds me of that scene where, where in the first one, where it's kind of where, where uh, Deckard and Rachel have sex. Where it's kind of like it's uh, it's jarring. Yeah, it's not, I, didn't, I didn't like that. Though. Well, that's that was the point of it, though, right? It was like it was, I don't know. I don't know. I think that was just a different time and place thing. Yeah, I just it, but that did it not was, feel right that, to me at all. Yeah. That scene was unsettling, and this scene for me was unsettling as well, right? Because this scene wasn't was there. It, it's very complicated because in many ways humans look at replicants as not real, and then he's looking at this AI and knowing it's well, not real. So that I think is my favorite right? thing. It's very uh, weird about the the movie. Besides her, was the fact that from the get go, it is just assumed that Deckard is a replicant, mm-hmm. and not only that. They tell us that Ryan Gosling is a replicant. Yeah, straight off. And yeah. the world isn't so much that humans hate replicants. It, the world is replicants are real now. No, like they still, there's still the a human, huge amount the of racism human, against well, the replicants, you, like the skins you, and all that. You only see that. Jobs. You only see that when uh, in the very beginning, like towards him. But otherwise, the replicants see themselves as real. That's just like an assumed thing. Like when uh, the 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 prostitute girl. Comes and uh, Mackenzie Davis, get, yeah. Get, yeah, get sent to to Ryan Gosling. It's like, oh, go find something out yeah, about yeah, him. Yeah. He was like, oh, you don't like real girls. Yeah, and it's just like, fuck that 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 line to me was so key because it just showed where they were. Where there's now this third level level of people that there's a whole new set of there's a whole new not racism, but yeah, there's a new dynamic world. between what's real and what's right. not. Where they truly believe they're real and they're more human than human, and all the factions come. I was like, fuck, that is so cool. See, that's not what I got out of that necessarily. I still got out that the newer generation of replicants were still there was still a lot of bias against them, but they just they just accepted it. And that, that, to me, was the core of what this whole thing was about, too. It, it backs up that same theme of, like, yes, they're still able to go wherever they want, but in reality, they're still slaves to the human race, right? The masters are still the humans, and they are still, they're, they're quote-unquote, trying to be more human than human, but they're not yet. And then when we get to the third act, and we see there is a band of them that's like, this is bullshit, we're putting an army together, and we're fighting against this, that's when I think, and Kay has that, that moment where he's like, 
shit, I have to now go either, like, you know, he has that kind of crisis where he's like, am I going to go save Decker? What's going to happen? Oh, or, like, yeah. I did go feel do like this. I was waiting for something to happen there, and I never got that payoff. I agree. I, like, the, the criticisms I have of this movie are, I, it was three hours long. I love that it felt like a season of television. Yeah. And I love that no, at the end of the day, the filmmakers respected us as an audience mm-hmm. entirely, and we're like, you know what? We're going to be deep. We're going to have stuff, but we're also going to explain things to you. There's not going to be some bullshit plot holes and all that right. stuff. But... They're going to take their time with every scene and let it flow. I feel like the first two-thirds of the movie, they did an amazing job of hitting every single thing and doing it right. The third, I don't even want to call it the third act, because that's not fair. It's like the last hour of the movie, I feel like, never really hit where it was trying to go. No, that's that's my only real critique with... Like with with some of the things like they they had everything was so smart and perfect up until that point and then it started it was up being until like, Harrison Ford came yeah and then it started being like hey there's going to be some we're just going to kind of take a couple leaps of faith right uh, one of which was when you start thinking about it you're like how did they have this piece of technology that they have that he has carries with him in his pocket that he talks to the entire time that's made by the bad guys and the bad guys never once use that to spy on him right. And then we get the scene where he cracks the little thing, and it turns out she has been tracking it with that. So that's weird. But she never heard. Like, it's an AI unit that he talks yeah. to and was like, I might be there. Well, they have been tracking. I mean, when it went off, she knew right, that it was but there. Why weren't they listening to him? Why can't, I don't understand why they, it, that was just a little weird for me where I'm like, I thought that was going to be a plot device where at the end the, the AI betrayed him. And was like, oh, because you know there was the sign that was like, whatever you want, whatever you want to hear, or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, they were, she was fake the entire time. She was just telling him what mm-hmm. he wants to hear, and he realizes that. And that's why, like, you know, they tried to have a little bit, they tried to tug at your heartstrings when she dies, but it didn't really have, oh, it dude, didn't no, work I, for me. I loved that so much. When her last fucking words were, I love you, I loved it because that is the generic cliche, this is what you're supposed to do, but because she was an AI, and I already had this connection with their relationship, and it was it being fake, that it was beautiful to me because it didn't come off as corny because that's the point, right? Like her saying "I love you" is like she was programmed to tell She's him that, that right? Which and is it's like, up. oh, it's this so is so up. good, it's so fucked up and meta. But so that that was one thing where I'm like, okay, I'm a little confused about that, but I can I can leave that off. When he goes, hey, I have everything I need off world to get this out of you. I'm like, oh, yeah. Why did you do that? What does that mean? Why? What? Why? What do you have off? You have nine planets that you own. You've 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 basically, you're a gajillionaire. You don't have the fucking device so to the, torture this guy in your giant fuck. By the way, the Tyrell Corporation and then the Wallace Corporation was like the bigger building. And it's like, you don't have what you need there. Come on, give me yeah. a fucking break. That final sequence uh, where Gosling is saving um, Harrison Ford from the from drowning in that right. ship or whatever. Again, the movie was already really long by that point, And that's pretty much towards, that's pretty much in the last 10, 15 minutes or whatever. Yeah. Um, Great fucking scene. Yeah, it was, it was so intense, and I, Fuck. I felt so cautious. Danny Villeneuve knows like, how to build tension better than any filmmaker God ever. Damn. He yeah. is the best at that. But after that, after we resolved that little tiff, I was like, oh, he's going to go after Wallace now. He's going to go I thought he was Gerardo. going to, too. Uh, and he doesn't. So, like, we don't, we didn't really get a... Well, my assumption is we're getting another story after this. My assumption is they're going to make a sequel to this. I mean, that's my assumption, too. way too open-ended. I, hey, I kind of, like, well, it's not that I hope they don't. I don't care. I hope that if they do, it's as good as this one. But my thing is, I like that he didn't go after Wallace. One of my favorite things about this movie is that I went into it, and the trailers didn't spoil things for me. And in addition to that, the movie didn't spoil things for me. As we're going through, pretty, it, they lead you on, and they tell you, hey, Ryan Gosling is... Deckard's son. Like, showing the horse and all this stuff as they go, the moment you see all the 
the same architecture he saw in his vision. You're like, oh, it's fucking him. Yeah. And then when it's revealed that it's not, I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you for not doing that. When it, the movie doesn't end in a giant war with his army of replicants versus the, the faction of right. other replicants and with him trying to kill Wallace, I was like, great, this is a different type of movie, you know? And I think it ended really, really beautifully with, uh, with Decker talking to, meeting his daughter for the right, first time right. or whatever. Um, but I, I still felt like it wasn't the ending that I wanted. I still no, it wasn't entirely fulfilling. But I think yeah. that was the point, right? The point was that like if Ryan Gosling had had this happy-go-lucky ending at the end, I'd have been like, that's a little contrary to what we what we've been like what we expect here. That was why that character was so fucking unique and deep. Was that he was just this conflicted, fucked up like uh, anomaly in the world, right? It shouldn't exist. And so for him at the end to do what he did was kind of very much in character with him. I felt I was like. Yeah, this makes sense. And what I loved about how he played that character was at no point, other than like two points, does he ever show emotion. Yeah. Right. There's no. the moment. There's the moment of realization that he might be something better than what he is. And he was like, like. And then there's the moment of realization that he's just who but he is. I love it in the movie. There's a line where he's like, "Oh, you never smile," and he never smiles. Yeah. There's not a single moment he smiles until the end when he sends Deckard off to meet his daughter. Right. One smile from and Ryan. I love. Gosling. I love the juxtaposition at the end where he's feeling the snow. Yep. He's fake, and then it cuts to the real girl inside, and, she's and she can't making, feel it. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, she's so like, yeah, it's, it's good. There's so many good things about that. But I wanted, I have to go back and watch it again and reread and, and read some of the things online because I don't think I'm smart enough to have caught every single. Of course thing. not. I don't understand why he had the memory. I don't get why she that was. She put it in him. She put it in him. He could have been anyone. Why? He could have been anyone. She just. She just isn't there making memories, right? And like she, she had that memory, and she said it was illegal, but like. I'm that's, sure but see, that's 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 her. another one of the things in the story that I'm like, oh, I hate when they do that. Where it's like that's too big of a coincidence. She just happened to put the memory in the one guy that was going to come to hunt her down. That's but that he was come weird to hunt her. He, he only was, went, but he was supposed to hunt whoever the person was. The down. child was child was, and he happened to have that one child memory. It's very weird. I don't that know. That was see, a weird I, plot. I, my thing, thing is, I feel like it's one of those this begets that type things. Where it's like she put him. She he could have been any like the memory could have been in anyone. Been in like and that whoever that person would have went after her, right? And they kind of hint at that with uh, the whole bringing up with Deckard. It's like, was the whole plan that you were going to have the first right, baby? Right, right, right. Which is like, god damn, they keep asking that all these questions. Wild. And I'm like, ah. No. So last question. Really before, sad before. Batista died so quick. I love the Batista really died so quick. I love that. I love that whole I scene. He, looks, he was didn't so expect cool. it. I loved his character. I love also that they have these little touches where right as Ryan Reynolds starts to get humanized in your eyes. Like, right as you really start to be like... Gosling. Gosling, excuse me, not Ryan Reynolds. I was I like, was Ryan Reynolds in this? No, no, no. Right, right, as, right as Gosling starts to get humanized, the character K starts to get humanized in your eyes, he does something that's inhuman. Like, when he walks up and sees the bee, and then he sticks his hands yeah. in that, and then he, he gets up, that and there's just really weird a quick me. nod of just the bees here. All over his fucking hand. It's just to show you that, hey... He's still not... He's not human. human. Yeah. He's not, and I loved that. So my question to you guys is, the big question going in, is Deckard a replicant? No. Yes. I don't think so. I think he's hundred percent is. The only reason why I don't think he is because they talked about that in the year like twenty twenty two is when they started to create the Nexus eight models, mm -hmm. and those are the ones that lived out their full lifespans. But he was living in the era of the Nexus six, unless he was like some weird like prototype or something like yeah, that. Yeah, see, I think it's it's fascinating to to think about that, right? Because if he was human and humans are able to breed with replicants, which is what Tyrell Corporation would have wanted, probably, then that means that it would have bred a whole new being of like half replicant, half human, and that would have been like the next evolution. And that's what I thought this story was going to be about. And that's my one 
my like another critique I have of the overarching like bad guy plot was that I thought Jared Leto's whole point was going to be I thought he was going to be the good guy at the end, going like I want the baby because I want to foster like human life is done. I want this new era of mm-hmm. like more human than human, like half human, half android, or half human, half replicant people to go forward and spread about the universe. These like hyper fucking badass quasi-human beings, but no, it just ended up being about a money grab for him, and I was a little disappointed about that. I was mm. like, oh, this visionary guy, who, by the way, they made blind because he's so visionary, he doesn't need sight, Yeah, just wants to take over more planets. That was kind of a bummer for me. The last thing I want to say about it, one of my favorite scenes, or little cues, was the bring back of the piano from the first movie, right. where him and Rachel had that, that song that they played, right. and the piano cues was the first note of that song, mm-hmm. and then at the very end of the movie, when Deckard meets his daughter for the first time, the, it, the piano, not only does the piano come back, but it's playing the Blade Runner theme, and I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Also, shout out to the opening uh, credit, the title sequence. Yep. Where it just was like, it tells the you, tells tech, you, or the black, and the people, that's white like, the people that go after them are still known as Blade, Blade Runner. Runner. Yes! Oh, suck it. That was oh, so good. All right, let's get the spoilers man. off. No more spoilers. That's spoilers it. Spoilers out. That's our that's our spoiler review. Uh, if you guys want to see that after the film, it'll be up on YouTube along with this episode today, later today. Um, Goddamn. What a great accomplishment. What a great accomplishment, What a great accomplishment man. that team was. Who would have fucking thought that a Blade Runner sequel movie in 2017 would be a good idea? It's, it's weird because there, we've been burned before. Mm-hmm. Right when they announced times. Prometheus, I was like, "This is going to be great," and it was. It fell short of expectations. Mm-hmm. Then they announced Covenant, and I was like, "Ooh, an opportunity to make up for some lost, uh, some lost footing there." Fool me once. No, shame on us yes. on this one. This one really came through, though. It did. It did. I felt it really came. Let's through. get to the news. There's not too much, but I, I do want to read some of it. Tyrese Gibson blames The Rock for Fast and Furious 9 delay. This comes from IGN. Fast and Furious franchise star Tyrese Gibson blames Dwayne The Rock Johnson for the ninth movie's delay. Originally slated for a 2019 release, Fast 9 uh, was officially pushed to 2020, something Gibson isn't happy about. The star took his frustrations on Instagram, posting the new April 10, 2020 release date and captioning it with some sarcastic quips about his co-star. Will this be another hashtag Baywatch? Guys, guys, just relax. I'm just a passionate film critic. Saying the movie is, quote, all about Team Dwayne, he spelled yeah. it wrong. Gibson insinuates the delay is part of a rumored Fast and Furious spinoff series following Johnson, blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, that's pretty much it. So, yeah, obviously, the rest of the cast, not happy about this. Hey, Tyrese, here's a hand. It's got food. When you bite that hand, your character gets fucking killed off, bro. So you better watch your ass. I don't know, man. It's don't bite this the hand does that suck. Feeds- no, it doesn't. It does, man. Having it to sucks that we're not. Year yeah, for this. but it's because they're developing a spinoff series that could be a whole other cool series, meaning they might yeah. have a Fast and Furious movie every fucking year. So everyone I mean, needs to I chill that, this shit but out. I don't know. So then the next story. We waited uh, 45 years for a Star Wars movie. That was more, good. The more interesting thing here is also from IGN. Um, the Hollywood Reporter has the news that the much buzzed about rumors are true. Fast and Furious is getting a spinoff movie starring Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham. Uh, it's due to hit theaters July 26, 2019. So we are going to get a Fast and Furious movie next year, or two years from now, in the place of Fast and Furious. And then the actual Fast and Furious is going to be 2020. Got it. Got it. And it will be written by series regular scribe Chris Morgan. So the writer of the Fast and right. Furious. So Not it will actually. be a true Fast and Furious 
in heart. Um, and it will focus on Johnson's security service agent Luke Hobbs and Statham, Statham's reformed villain Deckard Shaw. Fast and Furious is one of Universal's most beloved properties, and we can have... And we handle every decision we make surrounding this franchise with great care, Universal Pictures chairman Donna Langley told The Hollywood Reporter. The global brand of Fast and Furious is strong and full of iconic characters, and we look forward to continuing to build off the film that started it all, as well as expanding into different narratives beginning with our first spinoff. The announcement comes in the wake of the official delay, blah, blah, blah. But the most important thing for me, mm -hmm. The Hollywood Reporter also reports that Justin Lin may return to helm the ninth entry in the series, having taken a break following Fast 6. Fuck yes, get it back in the chair. The driver's seat, if you will. Back in. Sorry, guys. There's a lot of internet issues. I think there's a, a fire or something happening outside um, that's fucking things up. But what we're trying to do right now is we're going to end the morning show here. Um, we'll do an extra giveaway next week. We'll yep. read the tips and stuff then. We really apologize. Uh, what we're trying to do right now is we're going to restart the router and get straight to Kind of Funny Games Daily. So... Thank you for your patience and understanding. Uh, but yeah, that was our Blade Runner review, I guess. So yeah, not yeah. too much. Not too much of a criticism for the Blade Runner movie. There's a small, a couple small minor things there here and there, but overall, a pretty spectacular accomplishment uh, by that team all around. All right.